Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together twice a week and chew on God's word and share that with you. Give you a peek into what our devotional lives look like or what is, you know, kind of capturing or captivating our minds and our hearts as we consider what it looks like to walk in obedience to the Lord and um, serve those around us. So this week we have, no, 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 Lou. Oh. Hi, Chris. Hello, Lou. <laughs> I keep threatening, uh, I think, Sean, that I'm going to get a soundboard in here and I'll just have sound effects that I'll get oh, to hammer. Hey, there you go. Or I'll get someone behind a curtain that can do it for me. Mm, I second <laughs> either of those options. I win the John Cena soundtrack just on dial <laughs> at any moment. Um, well, Lou, you are the worship pastor here at UFC, yes. Luthaniel mm-hmm. Hines. Yeah. And that's um, not my real name. Is- <laughs> <laughs> that's a pseudonym. Yeah. For his, uh, his, the government's got him under protective custody. What's that called? I don't Anyways, know. <laughs> you are um, deeply engaged with the theological workings of worship. Um, not just the musical aspect of it, but the liturgy we've talked about, the service order, just sure. another yeah. way of saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have uh, invested well in your team. And so it's always good to hear what are you chewing on as it pertains to the Sunday morning, which is how yeah. most people experience the church. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, I certainly do try to um, think deeply on these things and care for the team. And so one of the practices that I've actually been doing is um, every Thursday, I email all of the members in the worship team, um, which is like 30 to 40 individuals, I think. Anyways, and I include like upcoming events and that stuff. But um, also along with that is a devotional of just, I don't know, kind of like this, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, where just thoughts that I'm having as it relates to um, worship stuff. And so I thought that I would um, we can discuss one of those that I wrote most recently. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the, the substance of this last kind of yeah. devotional email? So the substance was, you know, uh, I suppose I'm not shy about the Psalms being one of my favorite books. I feel like we talk about the Psalms a lot. I don't think we talk about anything, not yeah. the Psalms, <laughs> which is great. Yeah, it's good. You're passionate about it. Yeah, no, I like the Psalms. And, um, so what I had written to them and we could talk about today is, is how the Psalms teach theology um, or teach us. And when I say theology, I, I mean that broadly. I mean, obviously about God, but I think that also can encompass like anthropology, like mm-hmm. man, how man relates to God. Um, so just kind of broadly, the broad term theology. So, yeah. 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 The study of God, the mm-hmm. understanding yes. or logic or yep. how we, how we can perceive him. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, you're right. There are certainly a lot of nuances that can affect worship and how we understand God. So mm-hmm. what are you seeing in the Psalms? Yeah. So when I look at the Psalms, um, obviously as we have recognized that they're divine scripture, um, they teach us about God. It's so God has chosen to reveal himself in 66 books um, and and one of those being the Psalms. And so none of us, I think, um, would argue uh, necessarily that the Psalms uh, teach theology. Um, they teach us about God, they teach us about man and, and really a whole host of things in there. So for example, you know, like if we take 
took Psalm 37. Um, and I think we might have even talked about Psalm 37 specifically in a past podcast. I don't know. Moving on. In it, it says, trust in the Lord, do good. You know, dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. And so when we take into account the type of book the psalm is, in the genre, it's poetry, when we take that into account, we can glean a lot of theology out of those three verses, four verses. Things like he wants us to trust him, he wants us to do good, God likes good, not evil, um, he wants to give us good gifts, and that's not necessarily like a Ferrari, mm-hmm. um, what he deems is good, um, we're to lie to him. So there's like a whole list of things that we could say about God or about us. Um, all of these observations, though, are focusing on the content of the Psalms. Mm-hmm. It's like the what of what the psalmist either said or wrote. But there's also, I think, with the Psalms in particular, an additional layer um, uh, that teaches us theology, and that's the how. It's it's actually in the form of the Psalms. Yeah, when, when you were sharing this briefly with me ahead of time, I thought that it was um, interesting to to view them this way, and it requires a sense of... Uh, observation that's unique that you kind of take a step back and you go, okay, what's the bigger picture stuff happening here? Yeah. And then you start seeing the form take shape yeah, um, and remove yourself from maybe a, 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 a kind of molecular yeah. approach to scripture, like right. one verse at a time, sometimes one word at a time. Yeah. Um, so you're yep. finding this, these forms take shape. So what does that look like? Well, I think it can look like a couple different ways. So you know, in in my email and what I was thinking about talking today, you know, it takes shape in in the actual form of the individual psalm. But just even as I think about this and really where this idea came from was when when I, um, well, for a long time, I always thought that the psalms and the book of Proverbs were just like a random collection and assortment of of songs that were used in Israel's liturgy and worship both private and corporate. And there was really no like sense or rhyme or reason to like one being before two and the third song being after the second. So like that whole arrangement, Mm -hmm. it was just like, Hey, let's just like the miscellaneous junk drawer of Israel's worship. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that certainly is a good way of putting it. (laughs) Um, But actually the, the more that I've studied it, there is whoever compiled um, all of these Psalms did so in a very um, purposeful Mm. arrangement. And so he's trying to communicate something in how he has arranged all of these Psalms. But um, so just on like a grand macro level, the Psalms are trying to teach us something, the the book. um, We won't go into that necessarily, but, um, but also the individual Psalms um, are trying to teach us something. So, and this not be, may not be like readily uh, apparent, but I do believe it's beneficial and important. So like, you know, Psalm 37, typically like a pretty happy Psalm, you know, mm-hmm. trust in the Lord, do good, dwell on the land, different faithfulness. It's like, okay, these, these are great. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, if anybody has read the Psalms, though, there's, some very dark psalms, mm-hmm. um, one of them being Psalm 88. And this is potentially the the darkest 
song. And and not coincidentally, it falls in the middle of the book of Psalms. Hmm. So that's a nod to like the macro structure of the book of Psalms. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because in Psalm 88, like every other Psalm um, has some element of I will trust in the Lord or the Lord, Lord will protect me, care for me, right? This expression of God's faithfulness, Psalm 88 has none of that. It's just like straight up life. Life is awful. Just sad. Um, and it says some things like this. Verse one, I cry out day and night before you. Verse three, my soul is full of troubles. My life draws near to Sheol or the grave. Um, verses six through seven, you have put me in the depths. You, God, have put me in the depths of the pit. Mm-hmm. Um, your wrath lies heavy upon me. Verse 14, and this is near the end of it. Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Um, why do you hide your face from me? And so, you know, according to this psalm, um, if we were to just take this by itself, there's like no hope. Mm-hmm. And it, in fact, the Lord <laughs> is the one who's like putting him in this yeah. place. And so we ask the question, okay, what are we supposed to do with the content of this psalm? Now it's obviously very possible that the author is indeed dealing with God's wrath, that he's, God has caused the author's friends to disavow him. All of these things could be true, but if we look beyond the content, so we need to take the content into account. I'm like, I'm not saying don't do that, but mm-hmm. if we look beyond that, we see something more and we see uh, a heart that is broken, angry, remorseful, alone. And so from this, we gain that the form of the psalm um, is is how the psalmist is approaching God, mm-hmm. and this teaches us theology. It, it so we we see theology in the content, but we also see in the form of of um, these are also the ways that we as God's people can approach Him. Mm-hmm. Is that making sense? Yeah, absolutely. So you're you're illustrating here with the psalm that that just like the psalmist approached God in deep despair, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you could almost see, you know, this being something Job wrote or, mm-hmm. obviously I'm not saying that, but, sure. you know, these yeah. these kinds of themes are present elsewhere in scripture of just hopelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at least in my experience, sometimes there can be a perception, whether that's intentional or not, that yeah. as Christians, we are to be the happiest people. Mm-hmm. And if you're sad, that's an, that's a you problem and you need right. to, you're icky right. and keep that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any of that yep. sadness on me. Yep. Um, but you're showing us here that no scripture tells us a very different story that God can handle the, mm-hmm. the full range of human emotions we have. Yeah. And that's, that's essentially, I mean, these are things that we would, you know, agree with. I think it's sometimes harder to put that into practice. Like, can I really be honest with God about mm-hmm. how I'm feeling? But, but no, the Psalms teach us theology, both in the content and the form. And, um, you know, we may feel like, God, why have you put me in the pit? Um, mm-hmm. You know, like uh, I think of uh, of Ruth and Naomi. Naomi mm-hmm. changing her name um, to Mara. Uh, uh, yeah. bitterness god has dealt bitterly with me um those are valid expressions and and um and theologically in some way accurate um expressions mm-hmm. in the sense of okay we can approach god that way um and i think of this in like a this is like to me um practical theology mm-hmm. it's not the psalms is not necessarily positing or throwing out any huge Christological 
um, doctrines, right. you know, like you find in like, I don't know, the gospel of John or mm-hmm. whatever, but nonetheless, like as people, we need to know how to approach God and the Psalms do that for us. And it's really interesting because these, the Psalms were originally um, man's words to God, right? So somebody experiencing some kind of joy or conflict wrote a Psalm, a, a prayer set to music, written down um, as his expression to God. And then God takes that, turns that into divine word, or it was penned as divine words, which then become God's words to us Mm -hmm. through scripture. But then the cool thing is, is that these also become a way for us to take those back and make them man's words to God. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So it's like man's words to God become God's words to man, which then allow us to um, use those same words and pray them back to God. It's like God is literally, if anybody ever wonders like, wow, man, what should I pray? Go to the Psalms. God's, God has given you um, a whole prayer book yeah. to come to him with. Um, 150 chapters and there's any range of human emotion in there. Yeah. Yeah, and it gives you a, a real good picture of the diversity of what it looks mm-hmm. like to pray and to approach God in worship. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, you know, oftentimes we th- we kind of limit prayer sometimes to requests we make to God. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we'll be thankful and we'll we'll have Thanksgiving and offer that up to God. But there's a whole host of them. I remember, I believe Jarrell preached on um, a psalm, I think, mm-hmm. and it was a lamentation. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the first sermons he preached here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought how valuable that is to remind us that we are who we are and we have emotions and experiences and just because we have them doesn't mean that they are, they are good mm-hmm. or right, but we shouldn't ever shrink away from bringing those to the Lord. Right. And the Psalms help instruct us in how yeah. to do that. Yeah. And from a, like a worship pastor's perspective, um, when I think of the, the majority of Christian worship songs, rarely do they venture into that realm of lament. Mm-hmm. And, that also teaches us theology Im- implicitly that the Christian life is all about um, like overcoming, which, mm-hmm. okay, yes, Romans 8. Yeah. Um, More than conquerors and all that stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so sometimes I think some Psalms like 88 or like 137, you, could, you guys can look that up on your own. Like mm-hmm. the babies dashing the rocks. <laughs> um, anyways. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, those can offend our sensibilities, and we don't really know what to do with those mm-hmm. because we have become culturally conditioned with with just simply implicitly, just with like the music that we listen to. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with those songs necessarily, but it's like a balanced diet. You don't want to just eat a whole bunch of, I don't know, yogurt. Yeah. That's like a weird, I just ate yogurt. That's why I'm thinking That's of yogurt. <laughs> cake. Yeah. You much cake. Um, but you want to have a balanced diet. And um, so allowing the the whole breadth of the Psalms to become our prayer, not just the ones talking about joy or thankfulness mm-hmm. or overcoming. So. Yeah. One of the things that I know you've talked about probably in numerous settings is viewing worship as um, examining the full redemptive narrative. Mm-hmm. So, you know, looking at how th- God set things up and God's desire for the world and and then the fall and our sin and corruption and the effects yeah. of sin and the sadness that we yeah. feel and then God's redemption and the future hope. Mm-hmm. So having that part of 
the Sunday gathering as mm-hmm. narrative beats that we hit right. every Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I agree. I think, I think there's a great medicine that can mm-hmm. be applied yeah. when we, when we um, get a hold of the sadness or the repentance or the sorrow that we have and, and we lay it bare on a Mm -hmm. Sunday morning before the Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 As you mentioned those like um, narrative rhythms or beats. Yeah. For me, it's like creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting as I am looking through the songs that I've chosen for a particular term Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to categorize them. Are they talking about creation and God as creator or are they redemption, restoration, or fall? It's actually kind of hard to find ones that that discuss the fall mm. and discuss lament. Um, they're very much, and rightfully so, we we celebrate the resurrection yeah, and um, God's redeeming and restoring work. But um, the fall was also a part of our history <laughs> and we need yeah. to remind ourselves of that. Um, well, so. and how many Christians, you know, know... How many times have you heard, well, just just trust? And that's true. Mm-hmm. You just trust in those moments where you're feeling these few things. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing, no practical tooth to mm-hmm. what do you do with the things that you have inside of you? You can't, you can trust and you should be trusting Lord through those things. Yeah. But I'd say there's more and scripture compels us to more yeah. than, you know, that God can validate through those experiences we're having and show up in ways that are unique to the only he can show up in those ways. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I just threw out an application um, for my worship team, but I would also encourage all of those who are listening here, you can divide the whole book of Psalms 150 um, over the course of 30 days. You just read five a day. So what would it look like to read five a day? You start on the first of the month, you read Psalms one through five and use those as a starting point for your prayers. One, maybe one um, is more impactful than another. And you just use that to be a catalyst for your prayer time. Yep. So, yeah, there you go. That's awesome. Thank you, Lou. I think anytime we can dive into scripture, that's profitable. And I think looking at scripture uh, theologically and practically is always beneficial for us, especially in places that people may not instinctively think, oh, I'll go to Psalms for some practical theology. There you go. There it is. Love it. Thanks, Chris. Thank you, Lou. We will catch you guys all next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. Disciples.